Jordan Hawkins is in the rotation while Jose Alvarado is out. Is that the right move? Plus, is there a magic number of three-point attempts for the Pelicans? I'll compare a couple of box scores, and it might not give you the answer that you'd expect. It's Friday's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Let's go. You are Locked on Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Here with y'all on this Friday, a game day for the Pelicans as they take on the Phoenix Suns. Big game this weekend for New Orleans. This is going to be a fun one. I hope to see y'all in the Smoothie King Center, but we got a number of things to talk about today. Changes to the rotation. Jordan Hawkins in. Jose Alvarado out. Is that the right move from head coach Willie Green? We'll break down how an NBA rotation just generally works and why you're seeing a bit of a minute squeeze for certain guys. Plus, is there a magic number of three-point attempts? Is it 40? Is it 30? Is it 35? Is there somewhere in the middle? The answer is not what you think, and I'll break that all down in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use code all lowercase locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. And of course, thank you for making Locked on Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We are here Monday through Friday, the number one Pelicans podcast, breaking down everything you want to know about this Pelicans team. Whether it's trade rumors, whether it's the X's and O's, whether it's the rotation, we cover it all. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube as well. Comment down below on YouTube and tell a friend about the show because Pelicans are having some fun. That was a great game the other night. Hopefully continue to have some fun against the Phoenix Suns. So let's get into what has kind of been, I think, one of the bigger stories around the Pelicans the past couple of days, the past couple of games, really. And that's Jose Alvarado not getting minutes and Jordan Hawkins steadily getting more to the point where Jose is now getting DNPs. Look, let me know what you think. We're going to get into kind of their play here in a second, right? And which one do you choose and why? But let me know what you think in the comments down below. Is that the right move? Is it not? So let's look at an NBA rotation very quickly here, right? How does it work? So look, when you look at this, you have 48 minutes per possession, right? Point guard, shooting guard, small forward, power forward, center. You have 48 minutes per position. That's 240 minutes total, barring overtime, right? It's essentially 96 guard minutes, 96 wing minutes, and I'm lumping power forward in there as well, and 48 center minutes. And when you add up Larry Nance Jr. and and Jonas Valanciunas' minutes, it comes to 44.2. So like that's close enough where that checks out, right? Like a little bit of time with Zion playing the five, essentially. So that's how you look at this. There's only so many minutes to go around. And the Pelicans... And during the regular season, you tend to play nine or 10 guys. In the playoffs, that usually gets shortened to maybe eight guys, the guys that you really, really trust. But in the regular season, to keep some guys fresh, you know, assuming there's no garbage time where you just need to put in like the human victory cigars, the backups and things like that, just to soak up minutes when you're up by 20 or something, which the Pelicans do, you know, you are limited with what you can do. 
And this is, you know, if we're having this debate, this discussion on here, that's a good problem the Pelicans have. You know, they have 11, 12 guys in theory that could play in their rotation, but there's really only minutes for 10 of them because that's what Willie Green, the head coach, is doing right now. And guys need like extended minutes. You can't put someone in really for like three minutes and expect that to be really helpful for anything, right? Maybe you need to do that in terms of foul trouble and other things, but guys do need to play in stints and get into the flow of this. And this comes from NBA coaches telling me about all of this. You know, usually that's seven minute stints, seven minute spurts, bursts, if we want to use that dreaded word here. And usually you need to play in two stints. So you're looking somewhere between 12 to 18 minutes per guy per game. And if you look at the Pelicans in terms of their players and minutes per game right now, of the guys that are potential rotation players, so we're not going to look at Jeremiah Robinson Earl, Darian Sebron, Kyra Lewis Jr., Cody Zeller, Kaiser Gates, EJ Liddell, right? Like those guys aren't anyone in the rotation. It's kind of Jose and up. This checks out, right? Jose Alvarado with the fewest minutes per game is 16.8. That is showing you kind of two like eight minute stints there. And you can visualize this too, right? Go to nbarotations.info. It's something that I use pretty often to kind of visualize the rotation. There's a lot of tools out there that you see when a guy checks out and someone checks in for him and how the rotation is working. So, there's just not really many minutes to go around in something like this. And when you look at that game the other night, like they ran 10 guys and the 10 guys were winning the game. Like, what are you supposed to do? What changes are you supposed to have? Probably none, I think. And so it does leave guys frozen out. And right now, you know, there's maybe 11 healthy guys. We'll tell, I'll, I'll give you a little bit of an update on Matt Ryan in the third segment, but right now, discounting him and he's on a two-way contract right you know you're looking at 11 guys and they need run right in this game against the Charlotte Hornets you know the lowest guy played 13 and a half uh, 13 and a half minutes that's Dyson Daniels that checks out with that seven and seven thing right two stints essentially you know guys tend to kind of be in increments of that in some sort of capacity seven eight nine those are the ranges there so when you look at Hawkins and Alvarado you know, it's not easy. And so if one steps up and the coach feels they need to play him, someone's minutes are getting cut and you don't do this. It just kind of like arbitrarily of like, we'll play Dyson, you know, 10 minutes, five minutes in the thing. Seven's kind of the number, right? Or whatever it might be. And so you look at Hawkins and how he's played, elevating a depleted Pelicans team with a career high 34 points in that win in Dallas, right? Look at how much better the offense was with him on the court against the Charlotte Hornets in that three-point shooting that he does. When you have the ability to shoot like that, and while Jose has shot well, he's certainly not on the level of Jordan Hawkins in terms of a threat, right? Also, there's a size difference, so I worry about him in the half court, all of those things. You know, and Hawkins' off-ball game pairs really well with Zion, Ingram, and others. That's probably who should be playing. There need to be more shooting threats, shooting threats. Keep that in mind because it's going to tie into what we're going to talk about in the next segment here. Shooting threats out there on the court. While Jose is shooting well, I don't think he's on the scouting report as a shooting threat. And when you have someone that can do it in volume, help you elevate the number of three-point attempts, which Hawkins certainly can do, that's the guy that needs to be playing. You know, you can count on Jose Alvarado for that energy off the bench, right? That's needed at times. But you want that energy to come from your starters more than the bench, I think. And that's been working for the Pelicans for the most part since that Lakers loss in the in-season tournament, 
right? You know, you can point to his defense, but in the half court, that's been a problem, and the defense is still good. They're the ninth best defense in the league. The offense, though, was the problem, and that's crept up, by the way. They now have the eighth best offense in the league. They're top 10 in both of those categories. It's a real impressive thing here. It seems like this is the move, right? Like playing um, playing Jordan Hawkins, right, wasn't a mistake. They were winning. It would have killed him if it was just that bad, and they didn't, and they ran away with this game by the end of it. So I think Hawkins ends up being the right move. He made Zion look better, made Brandon Ingram look a little bit better. Having more offensive threats out there is going to lead to good things, and the Pelicans are good defensively no matter what. So I said hold on to that shooting threat kind of line, right? This got brought up in the postgame press conferences. He's been asked of me a bunch on WWL Radio 2 and elsewhere too. So I wanted to talk about that. Is there a magic number of three-point attempts from the Pelicans? Because in theory, Hawkins helps with that, right? Not so fast. I don't think there is actually a magic number. And I'm going to use a couple of box scores and tell you why. And that's coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Right now, though, I'm excited to tell you about eBay Motors. Our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked On Fantasy Basketball host Josh Lloyd to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week all season long. So whether you're prepping for a daily draft or scouting the waiver wire, every week we're going to provide you players that are guaranteed to fit your roster. So let's see who Josh has picked out for us on this week's eBay's Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Players of the Week. Mason Plumley, new starter for the next four weeks for the, Pel- for the Clippers. Plumley can be a serviceable center for your fantasy team while we wait for Zubac to return. So Josh Lloyd from Locked On Fantasy Basketball is going to help you win your fantasy championship and eBay Motors knows a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. Same with your vehicle. And with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. I work on all my cars. I have a 1976 Corvette I ordered a ton of parts for. Fits every time with eBay Motors. The prices are great. That's where I get all of my parts for my vehicles. It's the only place I shop at. So with eBay's guaranteed fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. And at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. So keep your vehicle on the road at ebaymotors.com. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. And thank you for making Lockdown Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We are here Monday through Friday, the number one Pelicans podcast, breaking down everything you want to know about this Pelicans team. We are looking at the rotation, talking about Jordan Hawkins. I want to shift gears a little bit to the three-point shooting. But right now, go to YouTube. Go to Lockdown Sports Today, the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. It's here for you 24-7 covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Lockdown, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Lockdown Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Forget like those debate shows where they're just screaming about the Cowboys who are no longer in the playoffs. Get the news that's like relevant to the day. Locked on Sports Today on YouTube, streaming 24-7. You'll even see Locked on Pelicans on there when this when they're one of the big stories around the league. It's really cool. Okay, let's get into this. This was great because this is something that Bobby Bear on Sports Talk on WWL Radio has asked me a lot. He basically says, is there a magic number of threes that the Pelicans need to shoot? And Jarrett Reed, five of Boot Crew Media, asked this of Willie Green after 
the game against the Charlotte Hornets where they took over 40 attempts. And I think that I, I don't have it exactly in front of me here, but I think he pointed out that the Pelicans are 4-0. 3-0 when they take 40 or more three-point attempts. Willie Green kind of jokingly, and it's somewhat jokingly but somewhat true, is like, well, then we need to be making sure we're taking 40 attempts per game. So is there a magic number of three-point attempts for the Pelicans per game to be like a very good team and winning all their games or winning more games than not? No. Sounds right. It sounds right. Don't get me wrong. But no. And I'll explain here. Doesn't mean that taking more three-point attempts is a bad thing. Don't get me wrong on all of that. I don't like picking arbitrary numbers and just trying to stick a thing on this. The The Chicago Bulls had a very famous example of this a couple of years ago in a disaster of a season when they're like, yeah, we want to have like 35 assists per game, like a number that isn't realistic and no team does, or it was like 30 assists per game. And it was like the best team in the league gets to like 30 per game. That's it. Like you're going to just pick a number out of basically out of your butt, right? It's just, here's a number. We're going to say that's the target goal. Goals need to be well-defined and have reasoning behind them. If it's simply, we need 43s per game. Hold on. You don't want to just go for that goal. If you sacrifice things that are also important to do it. So yes, you can point to that four and stat. Two of those games, I don't have the other two in front of me. I could probably look it up pretty quickly here. Let me see if I can do that. Came okay, One of them came against the Golden State Warriors, who looked terrible, right, recently. The other one came against the Charlotte Hornets, who are terrible. So I don't know if, I don't have the numbers in front of me. Those are always the best things to look at, right? You know, that's kind of a results over process, which is not something that I truly believe in. Yes, it worked last night, but it doesn't always necessarily work, even though if they're 4-0. So here's the thing. Let's look at a couple of box scores. We're going to look at last night's game. I want to look at the Pelicans-Timberwolves game on January 3rd, and then the Pelicans at the Jazz on December 28th, right? What I keep saying, what I've said, and I've even said this on the show to Bobby Bear, is it's not about the number hitting a number of three-point attempts. It's about generating quality looks, whether those are three-point attempts or elsewhere. Right. One of the things to look at from the game against the Charlotte Hornets is Zion had a quiet game. Right. In terms of scoring 13 points, 11 shots. He took the fifth most shot attempts by a player in this game. That's low for him. Right. That's a very low number. Brandon Ingram took more. CJ McCollum took more. Hawkins took more. Trey Murphy took more. That worked because they were walling him off at the basket and what he was doing was passing out and getting it to open shooters and they were, say it with me now, right? Making the Hornets pay. The Hornets chose to leave open three-point shooters out there on the perimeter to take away Zion doing Zion things. It was a good strategy till it wasn't, right? That's why Zion had nine assists in this game. It's kind of taking what the defense gives you. He's going to have more confidence passing out for three when he's playing with Trey Murphy, Jordan Hawkins, multiple shooters out there on the court, which they don't always do with him. So in this case, to beat that team that was trying to limit Zion, you need to take threes. You need your good shooters taking those threes and they need to make threes. And in this game, it worked, right? CJ, four of nine. Brandon Ingram, seven for 11. Hawkins, six of nine. Trey Murphy, five for 12. But let's go back to Minnesota, right? They beat the Minnesota Timberwolves on the road, really smacked that team. It was an 11-point victory at the end, but they really wrecked them for the most part till Minnesota tried to kind of come back in the fourth quarter but really didn't have a chance. And New Orleans soundly beat them, being up by as many as 20 in that game, right? They were good. Zion Williamson, 27 points on 15 shot attempts, second most by a player 
in that game, right? They killed one of the best teams in the league. One of the best teams in the league that has the top interior defense in the league. They only took 26 threes in that game. They didn't even take 30, right? You still won. Pelicans against the Jazz on December 28th here, right? Zion Williamson, 21 points on 14 shot attempts. The Pelicans took 27 threes. They won that game on the road against a, or sorry, it was in New Orleans, against a team that had been playing really good basketball and is very good right now against the Utah Jazz. It's not about the number of threes. It's about taking the right shot attempts here. If the game plan is... Zion's able to score at the rim, so we're going to let him keep doing his thing. You don't need to shoot as many threes. If it's, they're not take, they're not, they're, they're, they're walling off the rim for Zion, well, let him kick it out and let's bomb away from deep. It's about the right shot attempts, not about the specific number of threes or anything like that. You know, if you look at teams this year, and this is why I don't like the idea of just picking an arbitrary number and sticking to it, Right? More threes is not a bad thing. Is it raining? Oh, it's raining. Um, So you can probably guess maybe when I'm recording this, right? If the number is 40, there's only three teams doing that in the league this season. The Celtics, the Mavericks, and the Kings. Let's let's call Golden State, too, because they're literally at 39.9. Right? So the Pelicans would be top four, top five, in terms of three-point attempts instead of 27th, 28th, where they are right now. They are 27th. That's not how this team is exactly built. That means Zion's going to get fewer shots. We want him taking shots at the rim, right? I want Brandon Ingram taking some of those mid-range jumpers. I do. I want him going to the rim more and shooting threes as well. So you're taking those kind of type of shots away, right? Does that even leave shot attempts if you're trying to take 10 of your 87 and a half shot attempts and converting those from twos to threes? Do you have as many shots to go around for the type of players that you have? And I don't know if the answer to that is yes. So it's about putting shooters out there with Zion and Brandon Ingram and CJ too, so that if they're walling off the rim from BI and Zion, you have shooters that'll make teams pay. That means guys like Dyson Daniels, Najee Marshall, maybe not playing as much. We'll get more into the rotation in the next segment when we look at Matt Ryan and some other things here. It's about having the right guys on the court to burn a defense for what they're doing. If you put Trey Murphy out there, Hawkins out there, CJ, and they're clamping three guys on there, Zion is going to have room to cook. You're not worried about those guys not taking shots if Zion has space and is scoring literally every single time and has one of those games where he has like 35 points on 12 shot attempts or something, right? That's an exaggeration, but you get what I mean. It's about what's working for you and taking the most efficient shot. That might be an open three-pointer if the rim is walled off from Zion. It might be Zion at the rim if they're clamping down on shooters. It just depends. There's not one way to win games. So I don't think being like, we got to shoot 43s per game is even remotely feasible for this team at all. They're never going to average that number. I also don't think it's the way to necessarily try and win games because I do think you're going to minimize Zion and Brandon Ingram that way to an extent. And those are your two best players on this team and you want them doing their thing. I think it's important to put the shooters on there so there's potential to take 43s. You know, if you're doing that with Dyson, with Jose, with Najee, with some of these other guys, I don't think that's going to happen. But if you put the right combination of players, Hawkins in the rotation, Trey Murphy having a larger role, all that's a possibility. So it's about the possibility and the threats that those shooters represent versus the actual number of attempts. 
That's the most important thing to me about how this team plays on offense. They're doing that. It's why they've gotten into the top 10. I like the rotation. I like what we're seeing. They can still win very many games when they don't shoot 43s per game, as we've already seen looking at a couple of box scores here. It's, again, about the defense, the opponent's defense, and how you best beat said defense. Let me know what you think. Do you want them to take 43s per game, or is it about just simply putting shooters out there on the court? Let me know in the comments down below on YouTube. Coming up, Matt Ryan, slight injury update here for y'all. Would he get in the rotation? He's a shooter, right? Let's talk about that. A couple of other things coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Right now, though, I'm excited to tell you about Prize Picks because Prize Picks is daily fantasy sports made easy. It's the easiest and most exciting way to play DFS. It's just you versus the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros, sharks, you pick more or less on the stat projection for two to six players and then watch the winnings roll in. Really as simple as that. And with the NFL playoffs here, with basketball season underway, you can have a combo projection across both sports. You can take C.J. McCollum and Travis Kelsey at a 10.5 combo of three-pointers made and receptions. So you can test your skills on prize picks this basketball season. It's the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Make these games even more interesting. So go to prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNBA and use promo code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, it's a first-time deposit match up to $100 when you go to prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNBA and use promo code LockedOnNBA. PrizePicks, it's daily fantasy sports made easy. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We are here Monday through Friday, the number one Pelicans podcast for you, breaking down everything you want to know about this Pelicans team. We are the number one Pelicans podcast coming to you every single day as part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Yeah, we're going to get back to the guests of Will Guillory, Aaron Summers, others too. I was talking to some folks about it. should be a lot of fun. This team's competitive. Where can they fall in the West? We got trade deadline talk. There's so many things. We've been talking about it. I told you a trade for Kyrie Lewis Jr. was coming. We'll see what the Pelicans end up doing, which looks to be maybe upgrading the center position, which seems to be kind of what they really feel will help put them over the top. But will they be a luxury tax team? They're out of it right now. Could they get back in? Potentially, if the right move is made and they think it's going to help make them a title contender, because right now they're on a 48-win pace. Pretty good spot to be in right now. Almost 50 wins, which has only happened once in franchise history so we're going to be covering all here on lockdown pelicans of course doing the live shows and everything so subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and on youtube become an everyday or if you're an everyday or let me know in the comments down below or if you listen like two days a week three days a week you know, listen one more day a week that totally works and if you see me at the smoothie king center don't be afraid to come up and say hi a bunch of y'all did that uh the other day for the game against the charlotte hornets i always love talking hoops ross jackson was with me from lockdown saints so you never know who will be hanging out okay Matt Ryan update, something y'all have asked a lot about. He hasn't played since like mid-November, I think is what it was. Um, and he said he is like 92, 98% healthy um, after missing five weeks and two days. He wants to get back out there on the court. I was watching him go through warmups. He's very, very close, I think. Um, he probably just needs like a little bit more conditioning, another simulated game or two. And that's going to be kind of him coming back into this fold of things. I will say, I don't think he's going to be in the rotation right now. 
he is a good shooter. Like he is a good shooter and has played very well for New Orleans in like more minutes than he's ever played in his career, basically doubling that, right? For the season, he's shooting 47% from three, 5.2 attempts per game. But with Hawkins in there, the rookie that you are investing in that you want to grow, I think it's going to be tough for Matt Ryan to really find a spot in this rotation. We just said there's only so many minutes to go around, right? That's not the easiest thing to kind of carve out a spot for. So I don't see him being in the rotation right away. They need to do something about a future roster spot, but they have two weeks before they need to have someone in that spot right now. And they can always sign him to that or sign a 10-day guy. So I don't know if he'll even be getting a roster spot right now with everything. So that's okay that he's not in the rotation. I think the rotation is right. You know, I think you could maybe reduce some minutes for Najee Marshall or Dyson Daniels. And I expect maybe Najee to be included in any sort of trade that gets done at the trade deadline for this team. Opening minutes for a guy like Matt Ryan in the future or even Jose Alvarado. But even if these guys aren't playing, they are staying ready. One of the things we've seen, and this happened to Jordan Hawkins too, is there's going to be injuries for this team. There's going to be rest days for this team as well, right? And that means it's kind of the next man up mentality. The Pelicans do something called like a stay ready game where they're guys who aren't getting significant minutes, aren't getting big run, go play like a simulated five on five game on the court, you know, during warmups and things like that, you know, on their kind of off days or even on game days. So Matt Ryan will be ready to step in should he get that opportunity and by putting in the work and not getting your head down. And look, I'm sure Jose Alvarado, who we all love, right? Seriously, love this guy, is not happy that he knows he's probably not in the rotation for the foreseeable future here. But it doesn't mean that you don't stay ready to be called upon because Jordan Hawkins was out of the rotation, then Zion was out, a bunch of guys were out, and then he was forced to step in and he got hot in the fourth quarter of one of those games and it probably put the eyes on him again from the coaching staff so that they were like, oh, maybe we need to trust him a little bit more. We need to try him out a little bit more. So all of those things come into play with all of these guys here. And so Matt Ryan might not be in the rotation, but you got to stay ready. Same for Jose Alvarado, the guys who are kind of on the outside looking in right now as the Pelicans start to maybe refine this a little bit for a second half of the season. I don't want to say push, but this is when you want to kind of be knowing who you are, hitting your ceiling, playing the best basketball. They're doing it right now. Again, with the rotation, it's 10 guys. That's what Willie Green said he wanted to run in the pregame the other day. You know, you can maybe even drop it to nine as you get towards the end of the season. I think that would actually be tough for it to do right now. I think there's 10 guys that are worthy of being in the rotation, but we're seeing them value shooting, value offense a little bit more than they have in the past. And I think it's the right move. Again, the defense was good the other night. The defense has been good no matter who they've put out there because of what they're doing schematically, which we talked a little bit about after that loss to the Dallas Mavericks instead of doing like a whole show on it like was kind of planning today. But I think the rotation talk is a little bit more interesting and more insightful. I think this shows growth from head coach Willie Green, leaning more into maximizing your best players, which he wasn't always doing before. So I'm excited when we see this. I'm optimistic that this could lead to really, really good things for the Pelicans overall by getting into the top 10 in offense, the top 10 in defense, right? They are creeping up with exactly where you want them to be after kind of a rough start to the season. Start off well, then really hit that skid, right? But right now, they're seventh in net rating on the season at positive five. Every NBA champion 
of like the past 20 years is positive six or better. They're, uh, they're close, y'all. They're close. They're rounding into form. They're figuring things out. And since that loss to the Los Angeles Lakers in the in-season tournament here, let me pull, I'll pull up the net rating from that game, right? They're doing some really good things. That game happened on December 7th. Hold on. I can pull this up and we can look at their net rating since December 7th. So we're like a month and a half into all of this. Net rating for the team. Pelicans are, okay, it's still seven. Oh, wait. Get the stats. Let me actually like update it. Never mind, it wasn't. They're third, the third best net rating since that loss to the Los Angeles Lakers at 9.1. The only two teams better than them are the Boston Celtics at 11.5 and, and the Philadelphia 76ers at 9.4. They're 13 and 7 during that stretch. The Sixers are 13 and 6, right? The Oklahoma City Thunder are 14 and 6. They look great. They have a better net rating than them. The Clippers have looked amazing. 7.6. The Pelicans have a better net rating. They're a very talented team here, and the rotation's starting to kind of get crystallized a little bit better. We're going to see what it can elevate the Pelicans as their offense has really started to take off. They have the sixth best offense during this stretch, the fourth best defense during this stretch. What they're doing is working. Let's see at the trade deadline if they're able to upgrade a little bit, what that does for this team, or if they just need to kind of lean in more to offense and doing the things that they're doing. Let me know what you think they should do in the comments down below on YouTube. That's going to do it for this episode of Locked On Pelicans this week of Locked On Pelicans. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, and I'll be back with y'all on Monday.